This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. AMI Audio Live from the CNIB New Hub. And you're sitting there joining us late saying, what? what? Where? In London, Ontario, ladies and gentlemen. Wonderful facility. Enjoy it. We're going to talk a lot more about it in the next hour of the program. Right now, there's an open house going on here, and uh, people are getting a chance to, to check out some of the things that are here. The the really cool designs, the stuff that is available, and how versatile the space is. Ramya Muth and Kelly McDonald in this AMI Audio Live presentation. I think we are... Um what would you say, halfway through the open house? At yeah, this point the house, so? uh, actually, I think it ends in about 15 minutes, yeah. but people were here before that. Oh, like, it was packed. It we was walked packed. in here to set up. There were still people cruising in, yep. checking things out even early, and, and they've been very welcoming, and other people have had tours yeah. even before today. And the vibe is just so, you know, it's a hustle and bustle-ish, but people are just sitting around, hanging out, socializing, checking out the space, and just taking it all in. I love it. Regional content specialist Jim Crisco, uh, he's, uh, this is his point in the week where we bring him on to talk about things on his beat. Uh, the only thing I've got on his beat that's concerning me is, where the heck were you last week hanging out with AMI staff, eating good food and not coming on our show? <laughs> I know. You know what? You're absolutely right. Even but Sylvie I came know. on. <laughs> You've gotten feeling all guilty. He should feel guilty. We have a segment here, and I like to know what's going on out west because I'm generally nosy. <laughs> Well, you know what? I know that you're having probably some really good cake there. So No, uh, not yet. <laughs> no, maybe later, though. Yeah. That's a good idea, Jim. <laughs> call When we get you off the air, call here and say you should get a cake for the part of your ceremony over here. Yeah. I will. Jimmy, how, uh, sorry we missed seeing you last week. We got a chance to see Sylvie, but we didn't get a chance to see you. Um, but you've got a lot of good stuff, so we better, better hop to it. Um, What's going on with vets in Edmonton? What do you've got? This story here is really interesting. What's going on? Uh, oh, excuse oh, me. Sorry. I, yeah, said, uh... I said, no, I meant fencer. Sorry, I'm reading my, my uh, on the wrong line here. <laughs> no I, we go yeah. from a fencer well, it, you know vet to a fencer, fencer right? Um... It's, it's, it's a fencing vet. It's <laughs> fencing tournament. Vorno, Italy. So that's where you got the vets from. So I, yeah, I, I'll give you a pass on that. Yeah, help me out there, Jim. Yeah, just bail me out. <laughs> but there's a, a lady, her name is Juliet McMaster, and this is an amazing story. She's 81 years old, and she's a, a fencer. Competing, she'll be competing in this World Veterans Fencing Tournament in October in Laverno, Italy, and she's actually in the plus age group because there is no 80-plus age group. I would so, think not. But she's wow. 81 years old. She has killer degeneration, so she's uh, she's legally blind, and uh, for years, gotten back into it recently, a few years, the last four years, I believe. And she she was describing how in this article, there's some really, really great quotes in this. I got to tell you a couple of them. But she was describing how she fenced now, which includes she watches, uh, she can see the person's arm and shoulder move. And she anticipates the, the move uh, based on the arm and shoulder. And so wow. she said that she doesn't feel really severely handicapped because of the... Um, the vision it's because of her age she said yeah. she's uh, uh, she's not as fast as she used to be as a nimble <laughs> so she watches that arm and just moves in for the kill absolutely i wouldn't i wouldn't want to go up against her she she she'd take me pretty easily 
But one of my favorite quotes in this is um, when she was younger, she when she first got into fencing, she was a university champion, and she um, she uh, represented the University of Alberta and such. And then she said, when kids came along, something had to go. And then she adds with a grin, I thought about throwing out the kids, but decided I had to stick with uh, the kids and throw out the fencing instead. (laughs) (laughs) Unbelievable. Good decision. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's really cool that we'll watch for her and see how she does in the tournament. I think that's amazing. And you see people and how spry some people are, whether it's 80, 90. We met a lady in Baltimore yesterday at the game who's been an Orioles fan for years, recently lost her sight in the last 12 years, 95 years old. Wow. And she's out in the game, and apparently one of the things in her history is she's one of the first women that was a U.S. Marine way back in the the military days. What a story. uh, It's unbelievable when you hear of people doing all these great things and some of the adaptations they make, and you think, oh, well, that's due to your eyes. No. (laughs) I'm just a bit slower than I used to be. <laughs> Fearless no is doubt. what I call it. Oh, um, sorry, I over to I Winnipeg. That, that's okay. We got you. Over to Winnipeg, sir. A woman is um, shaking things up. She's got some concerns about the handy tram service uh, the, that's over there, and especially now that they're going into contract talks. Well, yes. This, there's a couple of, of issues that she brought up that were completely valid. But the, the city council was up against the time crunch of renewing private contracts for the handy transit. But the, the, her name is, is Kim Croker, and uh, she, uh, she has used handy traffic for like 30 years. She uses she has cerebral uh, palsy, and she walks with crutches and uses the service to get to and from work. And what's happened in the past is she's usually picked up by a car, and the handy, handy transit operator, she can get in, but they help her position her legs uh, inside the, the car, the vehicle. So she had a, a vehicle a car show up re- recently, and the driver said that he couldn't help her position her legs. And she was saying, well, I've been using the service for 30 years, and I've never been declined that. So she got a hold of the handy transit folks and the city and found out that the rules are that they don't actually have to do that. Yeah. No way. Yeah, they're so, not. Yeah. That's what I've heard in so many cases. Well, they're not supposed to lift. You know, same kind of deal that uh, You're kidding, public but then transit. How is the accommodation supposed to work out? Uh huh. That's exactly it. She brought this city's attention. There is an ombudsman report through on the transit and and some recommendations. They actually had to sign the contracts before the ombudsman report was really looked at. So, Hopefully they can they can sort of make some, some corrections because really if, if this has been happening for her for 30 years where members uh-huh. have felt, felt no issue at all, finger it's it's it must not impact their job that much. They must be able to do that. So it's too bad that finds out in that particular instance that that time they couldn't do it. Or, you know, somehow implement it into a clause or whatever, because, I mean, obviously there are other concerns when it comes to, you know, like the physical, but it, it's part of the accommodation, so it should be implemented somehow. Exactly. I believe the reason it hasn't been implemented past is because it would take training for the drivers. They yeah, exactly. train them to make them certified to be able to do this. Maybe that's the step you you need to take. It doesn't seem like it's an unreasonable thing to do. 
That's right. And, you know, this is just the one story we're hearing. But as always, the one person uh, raises this concern. And then we start to think about all the cases out there of people who might be going through similar things. Wow. It's Absolutely. really tough, it too, be because the, the union gets involved. As, you know, if people don't bring it to their attention or don't complain or yep. thing, yeah. we, oh. it, it could be flying under the radar. And, and there could be a, a, a lot of services that they could offer or of the services wouldn't be well, that hard to put in place, but they just haven't thought of them yet. Sure. And you get in trouble with unions, too, right? That's some of the issues with certain circumstances uh, that are out there. Uh, Jimmy, let's move on to Saskatoon. This is another story, and way too many of these stories, and some of the people in the room here can relate to this, I'm sure. Uh, situation, another service dog being turned away. Yes, this is a, a, another, I thought exactly the same thing you did, uh, Kelly, that, that we, we hear about this way too often. And what's, what is surprising about this particular one is it happened at a, a, a psychiatrist's office. And there's a, a young lady, her name is Candace Bighead, and she has a, a service dog named Bentley. She's actually training, in training to, to um, turn Bentley into a service animal. And she, she's had him for about a year. She made an appointment with a new psychiatrist. And when she showed up, he said, basically, if the, 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 the dog doesn't go, you can't come in. And uh, so she left and she has the filed a, a complaint with the Human Rights Board over at Saskatchewan Human Rights because she feels it was a human rights violation. But it gets into a very gray area where yeah. even the folks that are supporting her are saying, what, do you have to call ahead to let them know you have a service dog so that an accommodation can be made? Or um, it, the, technically the dog is still in training, but part of the training is to be socialized so they are allowed to be out in public spaces even in training so it, it, it's it's a very gray area but you just hate to hear stories like this well and again we've always had this of course our first reaction oh this again this again this again mm -hmm. and I, I i have to say and and i said it before it's got to be in the training there's got to be people it's got to be one of those things that oh yeah and by the way you can't do this this and that. anyway moving on to the next thing uh, or is it lunch it, it, there's got to be something <laughs> that is being positioned ridiculously that people are not soaking this up we can't have this many people that just say oh the heck with that i just don't like dogs i'm not going to let them in my car and exactly. or i had the i had no idea yeah there's know? got to be a glossing over or a total ignoring in companies mm -hmm. then when people get by for it, throw them to the wolves, the drivers. A hundred percent. I think it sort of is is between education where people need to know, and then enforcement where people need to be held accountable and allow these service animals to to be on on site. Yeah, honestly, like we talk about the accessible Ontario stuff, um, and and all the implementations that have to be retrofitted, right? Like introduced now, but should have been introduced years ago or months ago or whatever. And it's the same kind of thing with training, like you're saying, Kelly, because if you don't have these things from the get-go, you know, this is what you're supposed to do if a service animal comes in with somebody or whatever, then how are you supposed to address these things afterwards? Obviously, by that time, the community's already mad. You betcha. Jimmy, thank you very much for doing what Bill does to us on Fridays, comes in with these articles <laughs> that are depressing. You come in and get us upset and then say, bye, guys. Well, luckily it's a Wednesday. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, Jim, we'll, we'll talk to you. Enjoy the rest of your day. Talk, talk to you later.
Thanks, pal. Appreciate it. Jim Crisco, our regional content specialist. Hey, we've had two of them on the show today because Karen started our program off earlier. Wow. We're going to take a break and come back with our two of our AMI-audio live. Brogan Freeborn will be joining us, and she's going to be telling us about CNIB's children and youth programming in Ontario West. We're going to learn more about the CNIB London Community Hub's overall goals, and we'll talk about that during a Wednesday, special Wednesday edition of the Roundtable today. Kathy Mason and Marie-Claire Billick will be joining us for that. Bill Shackleton, speaking of those heavy-duty stories, he's going to come in, give us a couple items maybe if we get to them, but I want to talk to him about the past, CNIB's past, and how we can draw some similarities to the future and what we're seeing here developing right in front of us today. More on AMI-audio live on AMI-audio right after the break. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Shaun of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts. Hi, I'm Stephen Scott. Join me every day for Double Tap. It's a show where we occasionally talk about technology for blind and partially sighted people. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts.